we had a customer that was in the buyback program up in in, in California, Northern Cal. And the lady said, I, I don't want the Jeep. It's a stock sport. I don't want it. Take it back. I can't. They couldn't fix the steering problems. The thing was a stock Jeep, but it was all over the highway. And they called us and said, hey, can you do a stock Jeep? And I said, well, most of our parts are made for more of lifted stuff. But I said, I can do some things to tweak the system. But we sent them a kit and they basically called the lady in and they said, here, take the Jeep for the weekend. If you still don't want it, we'll just finish out the buyout program on it. She came back on that Monday and she said, I don't want to, I don't want you to buy it back. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by you, the listener. If you'd like to be sponsored here on our weekly interview episode, just reach out. Our rates aren't affordable. They're just downright cheaper, as I like to say, damn cheap. <laughs> reach to us, reach out to us, rather, uh, going to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact uh, to find out how to be a sponsor of the interview episode. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we talk about all things Jeep, from trail riding to overlanding and everything in between. Every Friday, we have an interview with a new and exciting guest. Sometimes they have products you need for your Jeep. Sometimes they just have a great story to share. We love great Jeep stories. So sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for another great guest right here on the Jeep Talk Show. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. All right, I got a great big announcement, and I know this is a last-minute thing, and uh, the the idea really isn't to have a lot of people uh, show up, but you are cordially invited to the first Jeep Talk Show Morning Thunder event uh, tomorrow, because this is on Friday, uh, tomorrow at 7 a.m. at Snappy's in Old Katy. So you can just look up, uh, I think it's snappyskd.com, and uh, if you'd like to join uh, Greg and I, and I'm talking about Greg from uh, Underground Graphics, uh, he's a, a resident of the same uh, a little small town that I live in here at Studio A, and uh, we're going to go out there and uh, just to kind of test out the location, uh, maybe see if, uh, you know, talk to some people there and see if they don't have a problem with uh, a large number of Jeepers showing up. And buying food and coffee from them. So uh, if you'd like to join us again at 7 a.m. Uh, tomorrow morning at uh, Snappy's uh, here in Katy, Texas, old Katy to be uh, to be uh, precise. So uh, come join us if you like. And uh, you can always uh, cut, reach out on uh, social media to the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, but uh, you should be able to find it quite easily uh, just by going to uh, Google and uh, doing a search for Snappy's. From around the world... Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty, ho, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And tonight we're going to be talking with Don from RPMsteering.com. Don has been in the automotive industry uh, for almost 25 years. For the last 10 years in the off-road industry as a builder and manufacturer. Don thrives on helping off-road community regardless of whether you buy parts from him or not. He simply wants the off-road community to experience the best ride capability that can be uh, had based on their vehicle's build level. Uh, Don, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Now, I had just asked you before we started recording, uh, you know Julianne, our uh, Chick Chat, uh, uh, one of our Chick Chat hosts, uh, and from Wrangler. Yes, absolutely. Julianne's a great gal. 
He runs our parts. He, we we helped Julianne in in EJS when her parts failed, and we were able to make her Jeep pull again so she could get back home. So, well, you you need to make a ring and pinion and a locker for her too because she. <laughs> problems now oh yeah you didn't hear about that yeah she was out at detroit four fest and uh, the locker wouldn't disengage and uh, i think she's had it all torn apart replacing the ring and pinion on that uh, that rear that rear axle now i gotcha yep (laughs) all right so uh rpm steering this sounds like uh that you guys want to do high rpms while steering tell me about the name uh, the, the name actually was derived from our fab shop that we owned at one point. And believe it or not, it, stand, it stood for random precision manufacturing. So kind of a joke about manufacturing. But <laughs> um, we just kind of rolled the name into the new company when we closed our build shop. And it, it kind of stuck because we, we had already been producing steering under that name for years. And so bringing the steering out of that company when we shut it down was was kind of a just an easy move from sure. the RPM name. Well, you, you'd so, already worked hard at getting name recognition, so that I mean, that certainly correct, helps. Yeah. So RPM steering, uh, we know why you got the name. Uh, how did you get into the steering aspect of it? There's a lot of things that you that you could have done in aftermarket. What what drew you to the steering aspect? It, probably because it sucked everywhere else. <laughs> well, yeah, you you start to fill a hole is what happens. And years ago, as we were building. Um, there was only really one brand of steering on the market that was out there for the JKs early on. And we were building with their steering, didn't like it. You know, we came across some stuff. We had a lathe already in our shop and we thought, well, let's look at 7075 material and see if we can make something that works better. And that was what kind of launched the steering portion of our company. And it just grew. People loved the shiny aluminum and the, the flexibility of it. And it kind of just grew from there. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I believe you already answered this question with what you just said, but the 7575 is a, a grade of aluminum aluminum that you use? That's correct. So, so you have multiple grades. Um, 7075 is actually um, a, a military grade is what it is. It's really Boeing and, and big companies use 7075 in airplane usage and things like that. P6 7075 has a memory to it. So the round bar we're using can go bend over a rock, come off the rock, and it snaps back to straight. Now, you say this is uh, aluminum, but it, it, it's an alloy, correct? Uh, it's it's pure aluminum. This is 7075 so, 70, so T6. What does the 7075 mean then? So there's hardnesses of aluminum. So you have 5052, 6061. So those are softer aluminum. So And then you go to a hardness... Um, and, and brittleness of the unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7075 is just a, a the way they process it. So it's a harder processing of the aluminum. It's a heat treatment they use and, okay. and, and the way they manufacture that's, it. That's why I was saying alloy. I figured that it must be an alloy <coughs> if, it, if it acts differently, that they, they must be putting something else in it. But it's really how they how they manufacture it. Uh, like, like you do with it's a knife. It's, Whenever it's, you quench the knife, uh, it, it changes the hardness. Correct. So they, it's how they process the heat. It's how they, uh, and then they have even what's called an extruded version versus a cold finish version. One is press form through a through a extrusion. The other is not. It, it's it gets into some real complexities. We looked at what was the most malleable. What what works where it where it has the most memory to it, 
and the T6 7075 has got the most memory built into the material. And so for rock crawling and what we do, it's used across the board, even into Ultra 4 cars. Oh, nice. So uh, obviously there's a weight savings, at least that's my assumption. Um, what about uh, its its ability? That, that, I'm sorry? That's actually, that's actually a misconception. Oh, okay. So it is a misconception that aluminum is lighter than, a, than its steel counterpart. With aluminum, we're using a solid round bar. We're not hot. It's not a hollow bar. With steel, you're running a DOM that's got a 120 wall and it's hollow. So typically, even an example you mentioned earlier, you have a JT truck. Mm -hmm. Your JT steering actually weighs less than our steering does that goes into your JT. So uh, what is the advantage? And, and I believe, correct me on this as well, but I believe the aluminum is quite a bit more expensive than, uh, than steel. What is the advantage uh, if, it, if it's not weight saving? Because that's what you hear a lot of people do say. They sell first like skid plates and stuff. I want aluminum or I want a winch bumper that's aluminum because I, I want to save that weight. Uh, so mm -hmm. it, what's the advantage to going with aluminum uh, on your steering with the, in the, uh, uh, you know, besides doing steel? Steel is like a no brainer because that's what you get from the factory. Yeah. So this is where we educate the customer into why aluminum. So the, the consumer, it, Aluminum has a couple things that it does under the Jeep. So number one, it, it's, it's got a memory. So when we take these things off road and we bang, let's say you bang your steel stuff right into a rock. When it bends, it stays bent. It doesn't come back to straight. So now you have to purchase a new steel tie rod. This is kind of going back to why we got into the steering business and why aluminum is we were dealing with people who were wheeling over the weekend, breaking their steering or bending their steel products. And then they are coming unto us to replace them. And all we were doing at that time was replacing them with something where they're going back on the trail and damaging it again. So with aluminum, we have a memory to it. You can literally bow it over a rock, snap it back straight. and It, it literally will snap back straight after you come off the rock. And it'll do this over and over and over again until it reaches a fatigue point. Whereas with steel, you do it once, maybe twice, and it's done. It's just going to stay bent and then you're you're having to replace the parts at that point. So we see very little bend warranty. We actually lifetime warranty the product, and we see very little warranty in terms of the product itself. But the other thing with aluminum is it also helps with resonance in the steering. So you get less road resonance through your steering wheel with an aluminum steering kit than you do with a steel kit. Oh, and why is that? That's interesting. So if you, if you were to take a, a piece of steel and, and hold it in your hand and strike it on the ground or, or, ah. or on, a, on a pavement, you get that resonance comes through. Your hand would literally hurt. Right. You can take an aluminum bar and do the same thing, and it takes out some of that resonance. So you'll feel a difference in how your hand feels with aluminum. It still hurts, but you can feel <laughs> the resonance difference as you thud to the ground with a piece of aluminum versus striking the ground with a hollow piece of steel. Mm -hmm. So this is something you can literally feel in the steering then whenever you have the, the, the aluminum steering components. We, we have most of our customers, particularly in the JLJT category, that tell us that it's the single component they've ever, the, the only single component they've ever put on that made more difference than, than any other component they put on their vehicle. Oh, that's really cool. So, um, and I was looking at some of the some of the parts and stuff that you have uh, for stock axles uh, on your website, rpmsteering.com, and I want to uh, salute you for doing something that is really irritating for me, and I don't think it's a lot of people that do this. Maybe I'm wrong, 
But uh, when I got the, the Gladiator, the 2021 Gladiator, I specifically got the Max Toe on the Sport S. So you, when you're looking for stuff online like I do, you always have to go in and dig around. Okay, it's just for Rubicon, but what does that mean that it's also for the Max Toe axles, which are Rubicon axles without lockers, blah, 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 blah. So you make it really simple. <laughs> this one I'm looking at, uh, it says Rubicon, uh, Mojave, uh, and Max Toe package. I know that I can buy that and it's going to work on my Jeep. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Yeah, we try and make it as easy. And I will tell you this. Um, I, I'm friends with, with Scott Bloom from FCA, and mm -hmm. we've had multiple conversations. He's actually sent me a cheat sheet for the Gladiator and the JL because it is one of the most complex uh, steering systems out there, the axles. They have wide and narrow tracks in products that so a Rubicon, let's say a Rubicon in, in Europe, which we sell in the Europe market, does not come with wide track axles. So it's it's been a real challenge, but we try and make it as clear as possible for the American market. This is what you need in, under your vehicle. And we specify wide track because they've also put sub models out that now have wide track axles as well. <laughs> oh, we just can't list all of them. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, that's neat, but I like that because, it, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't hurt to, just, uh, <clears throat> to email or call it to verify, but it's uh, it, it makes it a little, a little easier that I don't have to, I know I don't have to go down a rabbit hole and try to figure out if this yeah. thing's going to fit. So uh, thank Absolutely. you for that. I really appreciate that. So um, now I, I see that you have uh, the the words steer smarts, uh, steer smarts, on uh, on several of these uh, stock axle uh, things, but it's not that you're uh, selling steer steer smarts stuff. You're selling your stuff. What is the steer smarts uh, component of this? So we we just have different. So steer smarts is a great company, but we have different philosophies. Their philosophy is to use a pinch sleeve style steel OE type of a center section. Our philosophy is that those are not conducive to the heavy off-road usage and so when we came about like where those parts came from is it, it trail SEMA or trail to SEMA back in 2019 uh some friends of mine were on trail to SEMA that was a video series that was being filled to go to SEMA and they were wheeling along the way and they bent some steer smart center section and they were happened to be in Arizona and we turned around in about a 12-hour period from 9 at night measuring in a parking lot to the next morning by 9 a.m. We had them aluminum links and jam nuts to get them back on the highway and rolling again. So what came out of that was, okay, well, if we did it for one guy that's got bent parts, why not just produce these center section sleeve kits that we do? So we, we kind of at that point launched the aluminum center sections for the steer smart kit. Mm -hmm. So basically, you're, you're uh, in my words, uh, and probably yours too, you're improving on the already good steer smarts stuff. Uh, and, and, and where the, the steer smarts uh, uh, standard works just fine uh, on and probably light, light off road with this aluminum center section, now you have something that's a lot more bulletproof. They would probably not agree with me on that, but that's our agreement. That, that's, that's our vision of it. Well, there's uh, nothing that says you can't make something better. And, and like you say, you have you have a philosophy difference, and it's your opinion that it's better. And I would assume that's... It's our opinion that it's better, yes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't... You know, I'd be careful how I said that with, with Steer Smarts. They disagree. They, they believe pinch sleeves are the way to go. They even have introduced a pinch sleeve aluminum section following our 
introduction of our aluminum sections. They're they're a pinch leaf company. We're a jam nut company, and we we believe what we've created for the center section is a little better part. Mm-hmm. Um, our warranty sets us apart as well. So if somebody with their kit bends a, an end or a center section, we we if they're using our aluminum on their center sections, it's lifetime warranty. So they're not paying for parts again if they were to bend one. Right. Uh, oh, and, and, and it, it, you said that several times, and I thought I understood what you meant, but I don't think I do. What is a, a pinch sleeve? So if you look under an OE steering system, you have a, a piece of sleeve steel that is how you adjust your toe and right. your settings on the Jeep. At the end, there's clamps. We call them pinch sleeves. Yeah. So, so the whole thing is a pinch sleeve. At the end, there are clamps that you tighten down and loosen. Yeah, where there's and, a, they have little notches in there, so it actually clamps right. They have down. little cut lines in yeah. them, and then they squeeze down onto the onto the bar. Right. For an OE application or street, it is our opinion that that is a better setup for o, more conducive. On, it's it's more of an OE style setup. Right. We're in the aftermarket business to improve Jeeps for. Guys that are crawling on rocks, beating their stuff up. And so our opinion is that an aluminum with a jam nut, uh, even a steel sleeve with a jam nut, is better than a pinch sleeve in our opinion. Mm-hmm. Again, this can be tossed around and they, they, there'll be arguments both sides of that. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's really a Chevy Dodge conversation if you right. really want to get down to it. Yeah, there's some stuff I've uh, I've had jam nuts on, and I never really thought about that. Uh, the 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 pinch sleeve is that. Well, why do you think that can be an issue? I should say not why it's an issue, but why how how can that be a problem? We've we've seen products like the pinch sleeve stuff uh, and, and the OE products where the sleeves will work themselves loose or or start to rotate during off heavy duty off road situations and the customer comes off the the trail with uh, a a steering wheel that's not straight now their abs lights are running and things like that and they have to deal with that and re-straighten the steering wheel we've seen jam nuts come loose too if they're not properly installed or properly torqued we're not saying it's 100 percent the only solution we're just saying we believe it's the better solution for the off for right. the guy that's really spending time off road. Well, I mean the the pinch sleeve, you're weakening the 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 sleeve, aren't you? Because you're you're notching it, and in the the, the steel case, it's it's hollow. Whereas with the aluminum one, it's not. Uh, you're you're steering, it's not. So that's stronger. And the jam nut is less likely, especially I guess two of them. It's it's less likely to spin off there. Do you recommend putting Loctite or anything on there whenever you're installing the jam nuts? No, we actually don't. We we use a Belleville uh, washer between the aluminum and the and the jam nut, mm-hmm. and as long as all the anti-seize is removed properly, um, the Belleville is 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 a um, it's a cone style serrated washer, and it's it was designed for big manufacturing companies to keep the nuts from coming loose on the floor on big vibrating machines oh, in okay. factories. So that's where the Bellevilles came from, is that they're used in factories for where the nuts will vibrate loose on a machine on the floor. And so we use the same concept on this, that this is vibrating constantly, it's getting twisted and turned, uh, and that Belleville washer gets crushed between the two environments. And as you tighten that down, the serrates bite into the aluminum gotcha. as well as the jam nut. Yeah, so. and it can be reused, right? 
The Belleville can be used a couple times over because um, it's a spring-loaded uh, part. Once the spring load is off and people have flattened them a few times, we, you know, but, but in the life of doing your vehicle, you rarely need to move your tie rod. So right. it's not very often you're loosening jam nuts up because if the jam nuts do their job, you are not having to set the toe on the vehicle again. Right. So uh, I would assume that uh, this is kind of going back a, a, a few paragraphs uh, b- before we are here. The I would assume uh, that or I should say, is the 7075 harder to work with because of its hardness and this, it's it, the way it's made? No, we, we have a, a, a Haas 25Y3 access machine that runs all of our product through it. Uh, so these machines are set up to handle whatever material you throw at them uh, it's all programming speeds and things like that to to make you know the the threads right and make the hexing right a, a typical end of the 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 rod end where it's hexed and all of that is about a two to three minute process on one of these machines oh that's nice so, yeah they're outstanding it, automated machinery it makes it possible to do what we do so uh and this is probably going back a few years i would imagine you were very excited whenever you got that machine or any machine that you use to improve the process it's it's fun to play with yeah we 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 actually started the company on two manual lathes and we had two operators manually lathing all of the 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 processes to produce what we were doing we just reached a point where we either had to purchase a third lathe and another person to hire, or we had to go to automation and buy a machine. And the automated machine is just cool. I mean, just watching it do what it does is, is it's just amazing to see what these machines will do. I mean, it's, it's nothing what you're doing there, but I, I have a 3D printer. I haven't done a lot of stuff with it. And it's amazing to me just watching it do something, especially when you design something yourself and it just yep. prints it. So I can I can imagine that that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I want a plasma cutter. Uh, all, I want all kinds of CAD, CNC, and I, I, I don't know what I'd do with it. I just think it'd be fun to just, just dick around <laughs> with. <laughs> the, oh, machines are one of my favorite part of this, so... Uh, watching press break machines form our parts. I mean, it's, that's just cool to watch press, you know, a 90-ton a, a machine taking a quarter-inch piece of steel and bending it in the shape we programmed it for is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I could really, and there's several things that I've built here at the house uh, that I needed to press break for, and uh, what I wound up with was a vice and a big-ass hammer. Yep. <laughs> and of course, it looks like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Press breaks are cool. Um, so uh, now the the so the, and, and I was gonna I was gonna kind of tie this up in a knot. It, you've mentioned this is great for uh, heavy duty off roading, but I don't think people should look at it like, well, I don't do heavy duty off roading. Well, I don't need this. Um, you could just drive on the road and still make use of this. You mentioned about how it feels uh, with the, 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 the aluminum that doesn't vibrate as much as the, the steel, kind of like a ringing bell from what you were describing. Yeah. Uh, also, too, uh, that uh, you never know what you're going to enc- encounter. Uh, you may not be intending to go off-road, but have to because of some sort of natural disaster or, you know, uh, running for the police, but that we certainly don't encourage that. <laughs> 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 but you know what I'm saying here. You can, you can make use of these parts uh, and then, and then the other thing is, it's just cool to get stuff and put it on your Jeep. <laughs> it's just nice, and you and you might as well get something that uh, looks nice and uh, performs a good function. I always like uh, form and function whenever I'm doing stuff with my Jeep. They they don't have to be ugly, damn it. No, we 
that was almost the motto of our comer company where for where form and function meet together mm-hmm. um it was kind of where we were thinking about our motto of our company but the, you're you're correct 100 percent. so it is it is uh, I'm, I'm very vocal on all of the facebook pages in the country i'm in i'm in about 280 facebook pages and and the this is where the jeep community comes to is in the in these pages and and i often see I don't need an expensive lift or expensive steering. Yeah. I'm just going to daily drive this thing. What's a cheap lift or, or steering for me? That's probably the worst view to have than, than anything because the reality is you can make your Jeep ride worse on the road with the wrong steering and the wrong lift than you can if you spend the money correctly and put the correct stuff on. It should actually improve the ride on the road, not decrease your ride on the road. And so we, we see that as one of the number one comments out there is, I'm not going to go off-road, so I don't need that. Well, you do need that because there's some steering stuff. Jeep, Jeep themselves, with the JL and the JT particularly, made some really steering mistakes. The quality of the products of the steering bars and the, and the ends that are in them, it's, it's really why we are in business because it's so poorly designed. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many guys that have a loose steering front end because of what the parts from the factory were designed like. And we improve that on a daily driving situation. We have a video of my wife's Jeep where I am going, I'm on 37s and a long arm and I'm driving to California with one finger on the wheel at 80 miles an hour. And people don't, conceive that because they think oh a big jeep should handle like grandpa's old jeep handled so i you know we get the oh it's just a jeep they all do that kind of thing right well they don't we can we can improve daily driving to the uh, to the point where um you know the comfort level of driving your jeep you should enjoy that and a lot of people don't because of bad geometry bad steering geometry and bad steering parts yeah, good point. And uh, and you have to look at it. I hate to pull the heartstrings here, but if, if it's your wife's Jeep or uh, your children drive your Jeep, don't you want them to be in the safest, most uh, likely to get to where they need to go and back uh, as possible? So uh, yeah. I, I've, I've learned that uh, putting parts on a Jeep is usually a good thing. Uh, depending on who puts them on and, and who you buy from, uh, it, yep. was, it was funny. Uh, I, uh, I I'm on my XJ, my initial uh, install lift install because I was just dirt ass poor and I, I wanted to lift the Jeep. I went with I went with Rough Country, and I, and I remember out uh, uh, out uh, taking the uh, the and I, and I had the heavy duty track bar on there i mean i I purchased the heavy duty track bar and i was out uh at a a local park and uh i'm driving along and you know having a good time and uh i I get to where i'm going straight steering wheel's not straight what the hell happened why is my steering wheel not centering anymore and i i couldn't i got underneath underneath there and looked i couldn't find anything any problem i bet you it was three or four months later uh, and i think i actually probably adjusted recentered the steering wheel but i think i was under there three or four months later and i saw a slight bow in that heavy duty track bar i bent the track bar off road yeah. uh, and I, I got that I, I got a replacement from them that they they did warranty it uh, i had to prove the bend uh that was in it and um but I mean, I wasn't doing up. I wasn't doing rock shelves or anything like this. This really wasn't that kind of a park. 
it was more uh, mud and trails than anything else. And there's no way I'm, I'm keeping that thing on there. So I went with a much heavier duty, a real heavy duty uh, from a different manufacturer. And this is the something you got to watch out for. Just because it says heavy duty uh, doesn't mean it's going to be able to handle it. Uh, and uh, and that's a good point about the, uh, the the OEM stuff. You know, I've got Dana forty four front and rear uh, max toe, so I've got the the wide axles on the on the Gladiator, and yep. that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. If and I think you just answered it. Do I need to upgrade my steering components? And I think what you just said was yes. Yeah, we 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 talked to some of our dealers about that. Um, they have much happier customers when they push the steering at the point of sale with a lift kit versus when they don't, they have their, we've had shops communicate to us that when they put our steering on combined with a lift kit, that their customers are much happier than the customers who just purchased a lift kit because those customers are coming back asking why the steering is still loose, why it feels the way it does versus the guy that has the steering put on at the same time. Now his Jeep is correct. The geometry is correct. His steering is correct. He's a much happier customer going down the road. Now, is there a certain height in the suspension that uh, makes it more prevalent, uh, makes it more uh, sensible to replace the steering at the same time? I mean, I would think that if you're going uh, two inches, two and a half inches, like on the Mopar lift, uh, it's not as critical. It's, it's actually on the JLJT platform, it is critical no matter what lift you have, even zero lift. <laughs> I was just going to uh, say, it's a zero lift too. <laughs> well, an example, we, we had a... Um, we had a customer that was in the buyback program up in, in, in California, Northern Cal. And the lady said, I, I don't want the Jeep. It's a stock sport. I don't want it. Take it back. I can't, they couldn't fix the steering problems. The thing was a stock Jeep, but it was all over the highway. And they called us and said, Hey, can you do a stock Jeep? And I said, well, most of our parts are made for more of lifted stuff, but I said, I can do some things to tweak the system. We sent them a kit and they basically called the lady in and they said, here, take the Jeep for the weekend. If you still don't want it, we'll just finish out the buyout program on it. She came back on that Monday and she said, I don't want to get, I don't want you to buy it back. I want my Jeep. I love it. Mm -hmm. We fix even stock application where there's slop in the steering from the factory on these JLJTs. Bottom line is we, we tell people, if you have a steering problem, call us. We can figure out where it's coming from. And we help them isolate what parts, even if it's a stock Jeep, that are causing the issue. Mm -hmm. so, what, what parts? So it's not just lifted Jeeps. It's 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 just the JLJT platform has created this this industry to have to be here where we're at. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, do you recall what parts it was that you had to provide for her to get her steering the way she liked it? So all we did was one of our steering kits, but we had to um, thin down our bar on the drag link so it would clear things under there because there was no lift. Mm -hmm. uh, so we used a smaller diameter bar on the drag link to make it work on the stock, totally stock, non-lifted sport. And that's all they did is put our steering kit in and that was the difference in that Jeep immediately. That's really interesting. And of course it was aluminum because that's all you sell. That's, we don't sell any steel in the, in the, in that environment. We sell steel in our suspension parts. Right. But we don't sell any aluminum, anything other than aluminum in our steering parts. 
Well, it sounds like it's been a that decision has been a winner for you. So you have several kits here. Uh, I see, um, uh, and I'm brain farting. Would it be the tie rod and the the drag link is the like on your your primary kit, and then you go all the way just to uh, uh, well, I guess you could buy either part uh, separately. Correct. We we have everything so that you can buy it as a kit or a la carte. Uh, because we do get people that have bought a drag link somewhere because they were told that's what they needed, and they want a tie rod now and it doesn't have to match necessarily. So we end up selling tie rods and or we get people with tie rods that bent them because they've been on a trail and they may not have the money to buy all of it. So they start with the tie rod, fix their problem, and then they'll move to a drag link. So we offer them as a la carte pieces as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, I don't know if everybody realizes this or not, but when you bend a tie rod, uh, if you bend it sufficiently, you get that uh, that uh, the, the independent front front wheel steering look that the Bronco is famous for. Uh, <laughs> have you have you guys thought about getting into the Bronco thing? And uh, I know it's not a tie ride because it's not a uh, it's IFS on a Bronco. But have you guys thought about getting into the Bronco thing and fixing their problem? So, so there is a couple companies that have already done that. Um, uh, I don't know that we'll get into the Bronco steering so much. Uh, we may go more into the suspension next year and looking at our aluminum links for the rear and maybe an aluminum control arm upper and things like that in the Bronco market. Yeah. So. I haven't spent a lot of time on it, but I think the issue with uh, with the Bronco was some sort of a locking mechanism. It wasn't really something that was getting bent. It was just something that didn't couldn't handle the, the additional pressure, and especially when they would put larger tires on there, and it was it was doing that uh, curtsy maneuver is what I call it. Uh, they're just so polite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned suspension here a couple of times. Uh, the, the the suspension stuff is new for you guys, right? Well, it's not necessarily new for us, but the full kit, full suspension kit launched yesterday. We, we've been in the suspension business. I was a builder for many years, building off of various manufacturers, doing custom builds where we used our own bracketry and things like that. Um, we, even under RPM steering under the company, We've had our control arms in aluminum. We've had our track bars. Uh, we've had all the components to make a kit. We have just never had a spring to make a full kit. And uh, so we've, we've, we've made a deal with a spring manufacturer right now. We're, we're going to have our springs. So now you can purchase a full suspension kit with aluminum control arms. And you mentioned Julia before. So Julia has pretty much our full suspension kit on her Jeep. He just did it in pieces along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those kits are now out where they're full kits. So you can purchase those as well. But we've been making the components for years. And, and we've really delved into the, the double triangulated um, long travel suspensions for Jeeps in the last two years. Yeah, I think that's I. I, th- I remember asking Julianne if she was considering getting a, a JL or something, and uh, she kind of like, uh, she's and obviously she has <laughs> done so much stuff to that JK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would be hard to walk away from <laughs> until it, uh, yeah. I, I guess until it was on fire. <laughs> well, this is yeah. really cool. Uh, so uh, the, the you can get a suspension package now. You uh, you mentioned earlier that there was uh, a, a company that uh, uh, that you sent a special um uh, drag link and, uh, and tie rod too uh, do you guys have installers that you work with around the country or i mean i'm sure well i'm not sure do you guys install locally uh the the, the stuff do you are you in that business as well no so that that was the business we left we left mm-hmm. the installation business to purely be a manufacturer 
We do. I don't we blame do you. Bu- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we do business to business. As a matter of fact, it's probably fifty percent of our company is business to business. So the the four wheel drive shop down the street is your dealer. So uh, we have about two hundred and eighty dealers worldwide that use our product, sell our product, and install our product. Okay, and then uh, so you send that stuff to them, but but people obviously you have a website, so people can buy directly from you guys, right? Correct, and about fifty percent of our business is direct retail, where people come to us, call us, want to order product, uh, and we sell to the consumer direct as well. So. Now I know from experience uh, the crap that comes on uh, the steering stuff, especially that tie rod that comes on the the XJ and TJ, and I'm sure the LJ. Oh my God, that's like a pencil that's that's on there, and you are going to bend it. So you guys actually sell uh, products for the XJ, the TJ, and the LJs. Does that include steering? I would hope so. So we have a we have a crossover conversion for the TJ, XJ, and LJ, uh, which is a Heim kind of a Heim hybrid kit. We use actually a TRE at the Pitman arm and then for drivability reasons. And then we have a Heim system on the knuckles. Uh, it does create some work to do, but it's a much stouter system. Once it's dialed in and you've set your geometry with your track bar and so forth, we've got guys running hydro assists on them and so forth because they need that to run a hydro assist setup mm-hmm. over those pencil stuff you're talking about yeah and and the uh, and this is the same type of uh less vibration uh, uh, memory metal type stuff less likely to to bend or break so you get all the same things that you would get for a, a jl or a jt but in your uh, tj uh, uh, jl uh xj platform correct yep um, so when you say there's a little more work to do, you're talking about uh, drilling the, um, uh, the, the knuckle the, where the, the tie rod attaches? Correct. So on a, on a TJ, XJ, or LJ, they were designed with a T-Link style steering system. The, what that means is that the, the drag link intersects into the tie rod at, at a little over half. Yeah, you're right. I never cared for that. That just looked like a weak, um, making a weak link, a weak connection there. It's been there for, you know, they, they, I mean, how many TJs were sold, you know, right. somewhere in the millions. Yeah, but you're drilling a uh, hole in the damn thing. It's just. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's forged. So that's a forged piece. It's not a drilled hole. It is a forged piece. So you have a forged steering system that is a T-link or type of T-link. The challenges with those is as you raise the vehicle. So that's where those stock, those work really well. Uh, but when you start putting lifts on that, that separation starts to happen, right. which is where the drop pitman arm started years ago was in that area so that they could drop the pitman back down, try and replicate better geometry out of it. What, what a crossover conversion does is it moves, it, it goes to Himes, first of all, rather than a, a rod end style Heim versus a TRE right. on three of the locations. You do have to drill the knuckles for that because we're using grade eight hardware and bolts for that with misalignments and various spacers. Um, but the larger part of the work comes in this sway link change because crossover steering now is in the way of your passenger side sway link because those vehicles were never designed to have crossover steering. So the sway link location is in a, in a bad location to go to crossover. So there's kits on the market that you can move those. And then you should be moving your track bar, bringing it back to parallel with your drag link. Right. And so <clears throat> there's options out there for that as well. 
<coughs> so it's more work just to switch it. You can't just go bolt it on and, and drive down the road with that kit. So, but for the guys that are running around with TJs now that are running 35s, and some of these guys are pushing 37s on stock axles now <laughs> on the old TJ platforms, this helps them steer that through you know the harder environments without having weak materials in there. Right. Um, you mentioned uh, the aluminum thing. What What's your opinion of the aluminum knuckles on the the JL and the JT? So I get a lot of guys that that ask that question. The same thing you mentioned earlier that you know skid plates are lighter, um, and skid plates are lighter. But why is ours not lighter? Well, we're solid brown bar versus a, a flat material. Mm -hmm. So size for size, a flat material will be much lighter. The knuckles are actually they're problematic to be real honest with you. We see a lot of wallowed out knuckles now on the platform and reed knuckles now makes steel replacements. They're the only steel replacements besides the factory Mojave parts. And what's happened is, is reed sells out constantly because oh, they can't bad. keep up with the amount of people that want to eliminate their aluminum knuckles. Um, example, we, we eliminated ours, put the reeds on and it was an, that was another game-changing piece. I had no idea how much flex and slop was in my aluminum knuckle until I put the reed knuckle on and drove down the road. It was like a different Jeep. Mm -hmm. So going to the steel knuckle is a huge deal. Um, to, the, to the point that even Dynatrack has now pulled from the market their aluminum knuckles, and they have a recall on them because the aluminum will crack, the, the, the papers will wallow, things like that. Mm -hmm. So this is, I think, one of the reasons why people get a, a bad taste in their mouth, if you will, about aluminum, because the situation is like this. Uh, they, they, well, that's aluminum. The this tie rod, this drag link, it's aluminum. It, it all sucks. But it really, it really just depends. And and you're on the on the boat that I think most of us are with the aluminum knuckles. So it, it just, it really depends on on the aluminum that's being used and how it's being used. It, it's more of how it's being used in the environment. So building an aluminum knuckle, they, and, I, and being honest with you, why did Jeep do that? They had to get more EPA mileage out right. of Jeep. Yeah. Everything was cut to create weight. Um, and so they put an aluminum knuckle on there that created weight loss. It's half the weight of a steel knuckle. But, but the knuckle is, the, the problem is you're putting a part that has a steel stud going through it that now is the pressure point back and forth 5,000 times a day as you're driving the Jeep, and that creates a wallowing of that aluminum because the aluminum in that environment is not strong enough to handle that. Mm -hmm. So it's just the environment. It's understanding, you know, aluminum is in one environment can be a bad thing, and in the other environment can be a great thing. It just It's the environment and the product. You have to look at how it's designed, and, and a knuckle is not a great place for aluminum. It's right. not on an off-road Jeep like this. That's, you know, there's a lot of aluminum knuckles now out there on regular cars, but, you know, these people aren't bouncing through the rocks or, you know, through the rivers or the mud with their vehicles either. And, and so with the force that we're using on these big tires, 35s, 37, I mean, 35s today is a small tire. You, you, you and I go back, <laughs> you have an XJ and I used to have LJs, and 33s were thought to be big back in those days. Yep. I mean, we were running around 33s. We thought we were the stuff. <laughs> and if you got a 33 today, that's a donut that comes from the factory. Um, and, and now, you know, 42s today are now becoming the old 37. 
it, it's just now you start getting these bigger and bigger, bigger tires, more weight, and you're pushing an aluminum knuckle around. It, it just isn't going to hold. Yeah, so. and and I know this is an aluminum knuckle show, but uh, just while we're here talking about it, uh, I, I would assume that as the the knuckle starts to wallow, you get more wandering on the road, uh, and uh, maybe even start getting some some noise, uh, depending on how bad it is. Uh, and, and where we're talking about is the, where the ball joints going into the knuckle, uh, correct? correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, seen, that's not. We fun. have seen it. We 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 had a customer with six thousand miles on his Jeep. He had had it lifted and had our parts on it a dealership told him our parts were bad and he had just put the parts on he said the one on that knuckle was moving and i said that's virtually impossible i mean it's never impossible to have a bad part but i told him i said the odds of that happening in the first 300 miles is unlikely unless somebody didn't tighten it right so i sent him to one of our off-road shops because the dealer didn't want to mess with it um, they oh yeah it's part. off-road it's been modified we don't want to we don't want to know part of this yeah i understand correct so I sent him down the road and, and I told my dealer, I said, take the thing out and run your finger around the inside of the knuckle hole and tell me what you find. And he called me back and he says, it's an egg shape. Oh, uh, no. it, it, so it wasn't our part was moving. It was the aluminum knuckle sure. at, that had worn on a 6,000 mile vehicle at that point. My so, goodness, that's horrible. Yeah. So uh, they ended up warranting it for the guy. I mean, they, they did take care of him. I, the, 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 yeah, but they put the aluminum back on it. <laughs> Correct. It's just another aluminum piece that's going to you know, do the same thing. You know, I'm a little yeah. surprised. It may not fit uh, correctly, but, I, you know, aluminum blocks came out uh, a, a while back, and, they, of course, they had to sleeve them with metal sleeves. And I'm kind of yeah. surprised they didn't do the same thing with the knuckles. I, I'm sure the Jeep engineers knew what possibly could happen, especially with Jeepers and putting on aftermarket stuff. You'd think that they paid attention to that stuff, but it, it's – Again, they're looking at the EPA stuff being shoved down their throat. They have yeah, to do that. Is they have to do that. Yeah, that's a nickel they're more. They're thinking, how right. do we shave the weight, man? That's all they're thinking about is how do we get that extra half a mile per, you know, or half a gallon. gallon a fraction of a miles. fraction of a fraction, yeah. As long as it they stay a, in business, they keep making Jeep parts, I guess I'm okay with it. I'm a, As long as they don't put a, anything out but a straight axle, I'm okay with it. So, uh, when Jeep goes to IFS, it, it ends Jeep era. So. I, I agreed. Uh, I think that will be a lot of crying. I didn't like the idea of uh, of uh, Congress talking about getting involved with uh, the death wobble problem, which would put an end to the, the the front axle, straight front axle. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't hear that, but that it was yeah, years that ago. Was, yeah, uh, it, it's funny when well, you I, when you talk about the residents, Dodge trucks. And you know because Dodge runs a straight axle, Ford runs a straight axle, mm-hmm. and there are death wobble in those environments too. This is not a Jeep. Oh no, system. absolutely not. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's 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 the the nature of a straight axle and worn parts. If you don't have worn Correct. parts, you you almost will never have any death wobble. Um, Correct. But uh, that's so funny. I hear people say, "Well, I think I had death wobble once." I said, "No. If you had death wobble and you thought you were going to die, then that's death wobble." The other was just a little wiggle. <laughs> yeah. Having bump steer is different than death wobble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know when you've had death wobble. My, my wife actually had death wobble on hers recently. Um, we had a tire go out of balance and it hit, she hit a bump. And <laughs> yeah. the, the, she called me and she said, I almost died today. And, and <laughs> the she, death wobble. Know, yeah. She got her first taste after. I mean, we've been doing Jeep stuff for 10 to 15 years. And this is her first ever 
death wobble she actually hit. Yeah, it doesn't so. have to happen, and it's real simple to check. I mean, it's really really easy to look for worn parts. Uh, you don't have to be driving on the road, and you don't have to get a wobble. You just just get a flashlight and uh, somebody you trust to turn the steering wheel back and forth with the engine running. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> No. Well, that's really cool. Was there uh, now we we talked about the steering components, which I think is is probably your your main thing. But now you have uh, suspension and uh, you have lift kits. Uh, uh, anything else that you want to add about those things that we we didn't cover? Well, honestly, the the, the lift kit business is now, and the suspension components is almost forty percent of our business now. Wow! And we're anticipating that to outrun our steering next year. Um, the lift business is a very, very big business, and uh, we we believe that from a revenue standpoint and a sales standpoint, we will overcome our steering sales, which continue to go up, but we will overrun those with the suspension components and business uh, as we've launched here. I would be I would garner by first quarter we will surpass the sales from that side of the business. So. Well, it just makes sense because if you get a Jeep. What do you got to do? Well, you got to put big tires on it. What? I got to yeah. buy a lift before I can put big tires on it? All right. I'll put a lift on it. So, because those are the things that show up. Nobody's looking at your steering components. I mean, the, the, some people do, but the majority yeah. of people are looking at those big tires and that big lift, and it's just so cool. So, it absolutely makes 100%. I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but it, I, I understand that it's so much fun putting things on the Jeep that are very visible as opposed to those things that are very functional that make you feel yeah. better, but don't show off as much. Well, that's how I got into this industry. Uh, I bought a 99 Jeep Wrangler for my brother, and it turned into Jeep life. And here we are. I'm a manufacturer of Jeep parts 20 years later. That's going to be cool. And, and it, you know, I just I bought the first Jeep, and I became an addict, the passion and drive. Uh, you know, that first rock I climbed over I thought was a big deal was 12 inches tall. And, you know, then the next one was 15 inches tall. And 10 years later, you're climbing waterfalls. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you just, the passion and drive, the community is big for me. And I, I think Julia has probably talked to you a little bit about that for us. For us, the community, the Jeep community, uh, you mentioned earlier in, in, when we were talking before the podcast, um, you know, we don't care if you buy our parts. My, my thing is this, if you have a Jeep that is misbehaving, it's giving you death wobble, you, I, so many posts come online. My wife won't drive the Jeep. She's scared to death of it. I'm going to have to sell it. Put a new steering stabilizer on that. You'll be fine, Bubba. <laughs> That's 20 guys get in there. Put the dual stabilizers on. It'll be good. Oh, the I new quad. The, the new quad stabilizers are just the, the thing to have. But, yeah. So put, put another one on. So, so I get into these posts and I say, hey, just call me. I don't care if you buy my parts or not. Just call me and I'll walk you through how to find out what's going on, how to set the Jeep up. Sometimes it turns into a great sale. Sometimes, and 99% of the time, you won't find another company that does this in our industry. 99% of the time, I am not there to close the deal. I actually send customers to do things and call me back because I don't want to just throw parts at it and make a sale. That's not our goal at our right. brand. Our goal is to make sure we've figured out what's causing it and that you are happy driving down the road. I have a JL guy right now that he's thrilled. I've spent four days with him versus, you know, over social media and he's called. He hasn't bought a part from me, but he's telling all his friends who we exactly. are because, because I've helped him fix his Jeep with just some minor tweaking and he's thrilled. So, 
Now, that's what we're about. We're about the Jeep community. We're about, you know, making sure Jeepers have fun and enjoy their Jeeps. From their wife's driving it to their kids driving it to going to events or going to the beach, you should enjoy your Jeep. That's why you bought a Jeep. Otherwise, you would just have bought a Chevy Monte Carlo. Right. You know, you, you bought a Jeep because you want to enjoy that environment of the Jeep. And it and it's terrible sometimes when it's bad. And we are here to help those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. I often uh, see reviews, and we've reported on a few reviews like uh, – um, Oh, I'm brain farting on that. Uh, I'm brain farting on the magazine. But we'll report on how they just they just trash the Jeeps. And you can tell these aren't Jeep people. These aren't off-road people that are doing these reviews. Because oh, the things that they talk about, we treasure. <laughs> <laughs> it's noisy. It shakes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we like. We're taking the top off because we want our hair to blow in the wind. <laughs> well, uh, you know? Yeah, exactly. Take the doors off because we want the wind to blow through. Oh, and I think uh, there's a state. I think it's Pennsylvania that it's illegal to take your doors off. My God, there's got to be a jeeper somewhere in the in the upper parts of the government that would put a stop to that. That's just insane. <laughs> Don, I can't... I believe, I I believe New Jersey is the same way. Is it? Well, it makes I sense. I believe so. Uh, so, Don, I can't tell you how much I appreciate talking to you. We've only scratched the surface here. I really appreciate the information you've provided us tonight. And uh, you've answered a lot of my questions about aluminum. I know that there's uh, some advantages to aluminum, but just my in my heart, it was like, I don't want aluminum because it's going to shatter or it's going to bend. And uh, you've answered those questions tonight, and I certainly appreciate that. Uh, Don, you know how the kids love the social media. How can they reach out, find out more information, especially see pictures uh, from RPM Steering? And, of course, the website, rpmsteering.com. So our our social media page is RPM Steering on on, um, Facebook. And then on Instagram, you have to put an underscore between the two. So it's RPM underscore steering. Most of our posting is through Instagram. We do a share program that goes back to our Facebook, but you're going to see most of our product launches, customer photos. We Our customers love it because we use their photos. We, yes. we, we ask them and say, hey, can we use this shot that you just posted? And they love it. They think it's awesome that they got to be on a, a national page that's out there. So you're going to see a lot of our product, especially our suspension products as they come further along. You're going to see most of that product launch on there. Are you, uh, were you all at uh, EGS, and are you planning on going to EGS next year? So we do four majors a year. So we do EJS, we do Jeep Beach and Daytona, and then we come back and we do um, Smoky Mountain in August. So we do Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion, and then we go to uh, Trail Hero in, in the fall. We just got back from Trail Hero last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the four majors. We're looking at introducing more shows as Michelle, who you met before mm-hmm. uh, that we got on. Um, we're going to kind of lean into more traveling and doing shows and, and those kind of things so we can present more to various regions right. uh, uh, what we do. And my son, Junior, he runs the company when we're gone, and he's eventually someday going to take most of it over. So, mm-hmm. are, are you afraid of him throwing parties while you're gone, kind of like the, the kids in the house <laughs> parties? <laughs> <laughs> he he is my one kid that is not a partier, so uh, he he's 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 just a great kid. He's really mini me, is what everybody says, except he's taller and better looking. Um, and he he he's got the same beard, the whole deal. Uh, but he's very diligent at what he does. So when you see the the products we're introducing, he has done all the design work. I walk very over nice. to him, I hand it to him, I say, "This is what I want." 
here's what I'm envisioning. And then he goes into SolidWorks and creates the suspensions, creates all of that. And he just, it's, it's really interesting because he works so well in that environment with me. You can try and tell somebody what you want, but that doesn't equate to them getting it on paper. Right. And he does so well at reading what I'm trying to tell him I want. Yeah, he understands you. You have a good working relationship. Perfect working. He knows what he's doing, and he and he. 90% of the time, he hits it 100% right on the first try. Well, and because this is going to mean so much when he's running the company himself because he is going to be integral and in making, making, having made these parts, understanding the process, and continuing yep. to do that in the future. And you can yep, sit back absolutely. and go, uh, I wouldn't do that that way. Shut up. I'm taking care of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that'll be my point time. I'll be pointing. Okay. You exactly. Yeah. But you have to have so. a beer or a, a beverage in your hand while you're pointing. While you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> where's, so the, we, where's the pizza? Torque that, torque, torque yeah. that nut. <laughs> well, we'll, that's when Michelle and I, are, my wife, Mrs. RPM, we call her. Um, she has a fan base too, and Mrs. RPM on on Instagram. Um, but she's, you know, we're going to travel a little more, and she's able to work from a laptop, so we're able to do a lot of processing of orders through that. And we're going to travel and see the that's people. Great. We, we, we yeah. love seeing the people. The shows are our favorite thing. Oh. We get to go out there and meet these people. That's how we met Julia. Was mm -hmm. at a show. Yeah. So. EGS uh, first time for me. Uh, we've been doing this show now for thirteen years. Uh, a lot of the problem of me getting out and doing things was that XJ because it would run hot on the highway and people are starting to moan because they've heard this story for the, the 13 years we've been doing this show uh, but getting since I got the Gladiator uh, it was so easy just to head out to Moab and go over there and go off-roading and do stuff and then drive all the way back home in uh, comfort it's just so nice and it's wonderful meeting a lot of the people that I've interviewed so uh, yeah and hope, hopefully we'll see you and uh, Michelle out there we're planning on uh, having a large group of jeep talk show listeners and uh, team members uh, out there Absolutely. for 2024 we, we're already booked we've we booked djs so we're ready to go yeah so, it's a great event well yeah, don we, we love going up there and doing it so don thank you so much for being here we ran a little long but man it was worth it but we'll have to have you back and uh, i don't know is is julianne already spoken to michelle about doing a, a chick chat uh episode yes michelle's shaking her yet her good, head yes so. good uh, julianne's <laughs> doing the funny part is, and I know we're long, and I appreciate you right. putting us on the show, but you know, the funny part is my wife was not into the off-roading side of this for a long time. Mm -hmm. She loved driving Jeeps on the street with the top off and just enjoying Jeep it's life. like my wife, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't even go on trips with me to wheel. She just didn't want to wheel. It wasn't her thing. We bought her a diesel JL that is now on 37s with a long arm. Oh, man. And she is now, she's, she's her fourth time wheeling was in... Smoky or um, uh, at at Trail Hero, and I, she wheeled the entire event. So we we had her wheeling, and she's now building her following of people following her as a female owner of a business now mm -hmm. that is now doing this as well. Mm -hmm. so, it, it's so silly. It's so silly. This is one of the reasons why we started up a, a female uh, specific episode is because there's absolutely no reason why women can't be a part of the off-road. It's not a man-only thing, although men will come across that way. But uh, I don't know. You're probably like me. and Well, you probably have to be like me uh, since she's standing right there. But I like women being on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 so we, had, and we didn't even get to that again. This is, we could, over, we could talk for hours. We very much support the female side of the industry, mm -hmm. not the sex sell side of the industry. Right. And, and we, we support Holly and Luna and 
Julia and people that are really doing this, Mary Vines, these are people that really wheel that aren't out there selling their bodies to do it. They're just really doing this. They're wrenching. They're doing the things that they should be doing, and they're creating an environment for other women to be able to come into that. Mm -hmm. And I love that. That's so we support that, and I, I encourage my wife to continue to grow in that area with within the industry because she's an owner in this industry, and she now is wheeling and participating. Um, she's going to be installing her own rock jock and a rock this weekend. So. Uh, we're going to have her with the tools out there, and I'm teaching her how to do some of the work on her own vehicles as well. So, so. you need to get the get the camera out there uh, for the YouTube and, and take a shot where I was telling you, hold that beverage and point at her and go, <laughs> and oh, yeah, you missed the thing right there. You missed that. You missed and that she, thing and right a, and there. A, and a wrench comes flying by your head, and she says, <laughs> and she says make me a sandwich, damn it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so we'll, we'll get there. That's not We're not there yet, but that's kind of where it's coming. So. That's great. I'm glad to hear she's getting off-road. It, it, it's scary. It's scary to men whenever we first start doing it. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the two words, off-camber, that is scary as hell. <laughs> I hate off-camber. So it, it is one you of get my used things to I it. after years of wheeling, and yeah. I still hate it. Yeah, so. well, I mean, you get used to it simply because you know how about how far you can go before it rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sometimes you know that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there, there has to be surprises in life. Don, thank yep. you again so much. And uh, we'll, 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 we really do have to get you back on, talk more about this. If nothing else, just uh, shoot the shit about uh, off-roading. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Next week is Thanksgiving. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> A special thanks to uh, Don Rycroft for, uh, from RPMsteering.com uh, uh, for being on our show today. It was uh, great speaking with uh, with him, and uh, it was uh, – I did say Don, right? I, now I'm thinking I said Ron. Sorry. <laughs> it's definitely Don. <laughs> but it was fun talking uh, to, to Don about uh, the aluminum steering that they have there at RPMsteering.com. And uh, I must say, I'm more of a believer in the aluminum now. Is synthetic uh, rope the next... <laughs> My next big step, synthetic winch line? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> Just teasing you. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. It was great information to have, and uh, I'm looking to uh, seeing more things about RPM steering. And coming up next week, and this is kind of timely. I was just speaking of Greg of Underground Graphics earlier. Uh, uh, coming up next Friday, our interview is going to be with Greg from Underground Graphics, and uh, it was it was a fun interview. And uh, he gets to uh, explain why he's doing so much Bronco graphics. <laughs> Because that's not Jeeps. <laughs> but uh, he's definitely going to be bringing his Jeep, not his Bronco, uh, to the uh, Morning Thunder uh, meetings. So uh, don't think you're coming out there to see a Bronco. Although he may he may do that just to upset me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the Bronco. It's just I'm just not interested in Broncos. I'm interested in Jeeps. Hey, remember, Fridays are red. Remember, everyone deployed. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Jeep Talk Show. I want to give a big thank you to our special guests for joining us today and sharing their knowledge and experience with the Jeep community. 
Remember that we have four episodes a week, and it's understandable if you may have missed past episodes, but you can always go back to our massive back catalog and catch up with, uh, the, and there's no telling what you've missed, what you haven't uh, learned, or learned it, as I like to say, and you can always find us on your favorite podcast platform or website, and that includes Spotify. Spotify is an excellent place to go. If you go to Spotify, remember there is a, uh, a, a Jeep Talk show there that's all free, and there's a Jeep Talk show there that is uh, you have to pay for and the pay for one is our patreon subscribers so this makes it really easy if you have multiple podcasts that you listen to uh, and you use spotify to do it you can even as a patreon subscriber you can use spotify to get your special content uh through that uh, paid subscription and uh, yeah we got over 900 episodes how many have you listened to you know send it in give us an estimate i know you don't have an exact count but give us an estimate of how many of the 900 plus episodes that you've heard and and how many more you got to go there should be an honor badge or something you know for how many how many uh, episodes you've listened to right <laughs> especially for the first episode i i listened to and lived through <laughs> episode one of the jeep talk show <laughs> But remember, you can listen to the Jeep Talk Show anytime you're doing something that uh, it doesn't require your full attention uh, or you just need something to pass the time, like uh, working at the gym, mowing the grass, or uh, having that long talk with your wife. No, that's that's a joke. Never do that. That's not a good idea. I, I just love that thing with uh, when the, the wife says, uh, you never listen to me, and then you go, wow, that, that's a weird way to start off a sentence. All right, so have a good day. We love hearing from you, our listener. Reach out to us via email, phone, and social media. We use your voicemails on the show. Until next time, keep on jeeping, and we'll see you on the trails. Broadcasting since 2010.